Chapter 9. Heal that shit. The grass is greener on the other side. No, some grass is greener because it's fake. My grass is greener because I take care of my damn grass. Me, Ashley Brittany Silva. Every therapist ever. So tell me about your childhood. I used to think it was so cliche for therapists, counselors, or psychologists to ask about your childhood. If you're having issues getting along with your coworker Joe at 34, what the flying fuck does that have to do with your childhood? Actually, a lot. The way we are raised, the things we learn or do not learn, and the way we are loved and see love as a child helps mold us into how we love when we are older. The way we are taught to problem solve as kids usually rears its head as an adult. People raised on love see things differently than those raised on survival. Joy Moreno. Journal prompts number 50. Were you a child who was able to speak freely about your feelings? Or were you told to shut up and act a certain way? Journal prompts number 51. Were you a child who was given things in abundance without having to do anything for them? Or... Were you only rewarded when you got good grades or behaved well? How has that shaped you? Whenever I asked my mom why she felt like our relationship turned poorly when I was younger, she simply says, because you were bad. My mother would jokingly call me Rhoda. Rhoda was the main character in the 1956 film, The Bad Seed. She was a cute eight-year-old with pigtails. She also was a murderer. Bad. An adjective. Of poor quality or low standard. Not such as to be hoped for or desired. Unpleasant or unwelcome. Journal prompt number 52. Are there things your parents or other influential people in your life said to you as a child that have stuck with you to this day? Things that impacted your confidence or the way you see yourself. My grandmother called me cakes because I was a chubby kid. She had me sit at the kitchen table and pinch my nose for several minutes a day because it was too wide. My grandmother would also emphasize to us as children not to spend too much time in the summer sun or we would get too dark. I stopped eating eggs at about six. I'd heard talk about how egg yolks caused high cholesterol and made you gain weight, so no eggs for me. I also chose to stop eating pork and beef around 10 so that I wouldn't gain much weight. I am still very self-conscious about my weight and my nose. My mother and sister have always been thin. My sister can eat like a full high school football team and not gain a pound. If I look at a piece of cake too hard, I gain five pounds. I've always been a curvier girl, carrying most of my weight in my legs. I have times when I go extremely hard in the gym and go on strict diets if the scale goes over my fat weight. My depression will kick into high gear if the scale tips that number. I have toyed with the idea of getting a nose job since I was about 14 years old. Maybe one day I will. It is something that I am still insecure about. And if and when I decide to do it, it's my face, no one else's. Insecurities are a part of life. We all have them. I love my complexion. But there are those moments on vacation when I think, okay, Maybe you've had enough sun. One Valentine's Day, my grandmother gave my sister and me both mugs with candy inside. My sister's mug was cute, 
white with red hearts, and it said, I love you, very large. My mug was hideous. I hated it. It was purposely dented in red. I love you and all your imperfections. My imperfections is a roundabout way to say imperfections. I was about 10 years old and had no idea what a pun was or how to interpret a metaphor. While writing this, I looked up that mug online and found it. Wow, it's exactly as I remember and I still hate it. (laughs) That mug became the way I defined myself. I was bad, fucked up, dented, ugly, not good enough, and misunderstood. A sentiment that has carried well into my adult life. My sister was what some may consider the perfect child. She was pretty, sweet, and innocent. She did not talk a lot, and she did not talk back. When I came along, I was the exact opposite. I've been affectionately called Mouth Almighty because I talked too much. I questioned everything, and I had an answer for everything. The complete opposite of what most adults, especially old-school adults, like or consider good in a child. I was not blind to the fact that my sister was my grandmother's favorite. As a child, I never felt like anyone's favorite. Well, there was one person, Johnny. Johnny was my grandmother's boyfriend, who I considered my grandfather. Johnny always made me feel so special, safe, and loved. Johnny would drive me to school each morning while the rest of my friends walked. One day I decided I wanted to walk to school with my friends, and he let me. Unbeknownst to me, every day as I walked to school, Johnny followed closely behind. He passed away when I was only about seven. But I think of him very often. I know how much he loved and cared for me. At times, when I'm feeling alone, I get a calming sensation over me that I feel to be him. Others know. I had to stop and start about Johnny multiple times recording this, even though it is a very small part of this book. He passed away when I was only seven years old. I so selfishly wish that I would have had a little bit more time of him that I would have had a few more years because I really feel like I needed that love that he gave me growing up and I wish I would have had just a little bit longer and maybe it would have helped me to just love myself a little bit more or not expect love from the outside world because I had it And I know it is so selfish of me to think that way. But I do. I just wish I had him a little longer. It's been well over 30 years. And I just, I just miss him. And I didn't realize how much I did. At school, I had my set of friends. But unbeknownst to my family, Some girls picked on me daily. I hid the fact that this was happening with my pseudo-confidence. I pretended I was fine and that I felt so confident with myself. But I wasn't. I still felt dented and unworthy. In middle school, the meanest from girls got worse until one day I decided to fight back 
never stopped. From that moment on, I knew that I would always defend myself, whether it was with my words or fist. Never again would I let anyone think that they could hurt me physically or emotionally. I always felt sad, overlooked, and guarded. This hardness turned me into what some may call a bitch. I knew others interpreted my honesty and mood as being a bitch. And because of that, I played the role more often than not. So many times in my life, I have been straight up bitchy or mean to people I didn't know. Some I had just met, and even those that I had known forever. Sometimes it was because I was having a fucked up day. Other times it was because I was feeling shitty about my life or feeling insecure about what I had conjured up in my head that people thought of me. I began to assume the worst in others, and I would lash out at anyone I felt was attacking, judging, or hurting me. The way I reacted out of fear took a lot of unlearning. I've learned to take accountability for the way that I have shown up when I wasn't at my best, which includes learning to apologize when I take my anger or hurt out on someone else who does not deserve it. Journal prompts number 53. Have you ever had any unhealthy defense mechanisms that you've unlearned or still need to unlearn? I launched my first website, IamSuperGorgeous.com, when I was 25. It lasted for a little over five years. The site was my baby. I put everything into it, working night and day on it. Along with the website, we also had an accompanying online radio show. I just knew I Am Super Gorge was my it. It was going to lead me to work for large entertainment news stations like BT or E, and all of my dreams would come true. But every time I experienced a high with I'm Super Gorge, I had months upon months of very low lows. No interviews, no paid gigs, nothing but 24-hour days of work, day after day. At this time, I had a peer who had started her blog around the same time as I had. She left our area and moved to L.A. Her career then seemingly flourished with hosting jobs and multiple TV appearances while I was at a complete halt. I was upset and I was jealous. Why not me? Finally, I got tired of fighting for a dream that I wasn't even sure I was still meant to have. I got so angry with myself for spending all this time and money on a fantasy dream. And I decided that maybe I wasn't supposed to be happy or successful in a career. Maybe I was just supposed to be a mom and a wife. Maybe God put me on this earth only to focus on nurturing my kids, supporting my husband, and being there for my family and friends. If he wanted me to be happy, it would have happened by now, right? <laughs>